Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I am not just the host, I am a spouse. Today we are doing a panel podcast on military spouses. And the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because there's a lot of misconceptions as a military spouse. And for most of you guys that know, I'm a new spouse, whereas in most of the women today are old spouses. Y'all are old ladies. And then... Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about the differences between branches and what people may think about our lives and what we think of our lives. So I will start off. Um, like I said, I'm Anika, and today I am a Marine spouse. And I am different from the rest of the women on this podcast because we have different walks, we have different journeys, and we have different lives. And we have different husbands, right, ladies? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I sure hope so, right? Kind of. <laughs> so for all purposes i just wanted to shed some light on what it's like what it's like what it's like in our lives um and so i thought it was important because prior to um signing up to be a military spouse because we kind of sign up um or don't it's a commitment but um i wanted to shed light because a lot of people may discount um the the level of commitment it takes just to be able to be strong or to be able to be open to a lot of the things that we have to deal with that normal people may not. Um, I know prior to um, being married um, and to, a, to a military man, I really thought it was easy. I was like, you know, it's structured, you know, it's got to be easy. You don't deal with the normal things that the civilian world has to deal with. And now I realize you have to deal with both civilian and military stuff. And that's different because, you know, it's easy to be on the outside looking in. And as a little girl, I had military parents, but when I was uh, seven or eight, they divorced. And so I kind of divorced the military life. So I grew up without knowing the inside scoop of the military. I just knew that my dad kind of moved on with his life and was moved around from, and I remember knowing what country he was in because he was stationed all over the world, but I never really understood why. I kind of took um, offense to the fact that he was able to just travel and not look back. But now being in it on this side, I kind of see the level of commitment and have a little bit more, um, I guess, um, empathy and understanding on his commitment to our country. So with all that said, I'm going to start off um, with introductions with Yanaris. Yanaris, can you tell everybody, tell listeners your name and who you're married to or what branch you're married to? Sure. Um, my name's Yanaris, and um, my husband and I have been married for 11 years. He is a major in the Air Force. We were babies when we got married. I was barely 21, and he was 23. He had been commissioned for about two years at the time. So we really grew in this military life together. Um, we have three kids. Uh, Adriana is my oldest. She's eight. And then my twins, Victoria and Isabella, are five. So this is really the first move that we've made in our lives where all of our kids are in school full time. Uh, they're in public school. And we live in Montgomery, Alabama, along with my two other spouses that will be speaking soon. 
Um, he's, my husband is, his name is Joe. I don't even know if I said that, but he's super committed to the Air Force. It didn't always start off that way. He commissioned and he's been very proud of his work. He thought he wanted to do something else around the three year mark, but um, he had a great mentor, which I'm sure a lot of um, our spouses can say that there's always that pivotal person that kind of turns your whole idea around of what it's like to be in the Air Force as a working person in the Air Force. So he decided that he was gonna commit 100%, even if it wasn't exactly what he wanted to do. He was an engineer by trade, but he ended up being a program manager, getting a business degree, and he's been doing that ever since. And he really loves it. He, he works with private sector a lot, as well as with the um, public sector, as in like Lockheed Martin and um, Northrop Grumman and those kind of companies, as, where as, as well as like uh, in the Air Force sector itself. So we are at ACSC right now, which uh, Air Command and Staff College is like a leadership school. And with the hope that we will be, well, he will be promoting to Lieutenant Colonel soon. And uh, me, I've been a stay-at-home mom this whole time. Um, I dabbled with social work, dabbled with, um, with some other things and customer service. And I just started working again at our local Starbucks here as something to just fill my time. Um, and that's just, that's about me. So we can get into that afterwards. Um, so I'll pass it over to my friend, Mary. Hi, I'm Mary and um, I am a longtime military spouse. Uh, I'm an Air Force spouse. My husband and I got married 10 days after college, uh, after our undergraduate graduation. We were college sweethearts and um, I've been with him his entire career. We are over 12 years into a four-year career. He also thought he was going to just do the Air Force for a little while and then ended up having fun. So we're here as long as it stays fun. And um, we have two girls. We are also here in Montgomery and I um, work from home now. And that's it. That's it. I'm okay. <laughs> not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to get back to you, Mary. All right, Brooke, can you tell us who you are? Okay. Hi, um, my name is Brooke, and um, my husband is also in the Air Force. He has been in for, I guess, about 13 years. We met um, when he was stationed in Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> We actually met online because the joke is, you know, how do you meet people in Vegas? Well, you don't go to the bars. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, I moved there after college and I had been there for five years and, um, you know, did the bar scene. That wasn't, that definitely was not the place to meet people because they just think it's a joke. So um, anyways, moving on. Um, so we got married probably around, oh, I was turning 30, yeah, 30, he was 30, um, so not right out of college, and we met, you know, at like 28, 29, um, no, yeah, we met in 28, when we were 28, so a little bit later, um, you know, not super late, we weren't, we weren't old fogies or anything, but not, we didn't date in college or anything like that, um, and, um, you know, about at that time, he was five or six years in. Um, we too are stationed here in Montgomery for ACSC. Um, and 
we have a little boy who is three and he is just a joy for us. Um, and background, I am a teacher. Uh, I have about 10 years of teaching experience, 10 to 11 years behind me in both general ed and special ed. And um, it's a career that, you know, I had started before I met him and I continued on through our first few years of marriage. And then um, when we PCS'd to our last duty location, I was able to teach there. But um, when we had our son, I decided to stay home with him and um, for the first couple of years. And then I went back to work. And then when we moved here, I decided um, I'm going to be home again. And um, so like Ynaris, I've picked up a side job. I'm serving at Longhorn, which is a great, uh, great opportunity to get out and meet people in our community and um, just kind of have something extra to do with um, some of my time. So the first question I'm gonna put on the floor because the one thing that I myself used to um, pound a lot of you guys about when I got here is why don't you guys have jobs? You guys have master's degrees and degrees. Like, why are you not working? <laughs> I now know why, but I need you to tell the average American or abroad, why is it that you guys are working the jobs that you're working and why did you choose to stay home? Can you guys shed some light on this topic, please? Because this is something that, you know, as women, as and, and as men who are spouses, because we have a lot of men who are spouses of women who are, are doing the same thing. Um, what, what is it that, that causes you to have to make these types of choices? It's the lifestyle. Sorry, can I jump in like that? Go for yes. it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, this, this is, this is a, a topic I'm pretty passionate about um, because I was, I was that, that young woman who wanted, who wanted the career. And after marrying my husband, I've had to reinvent myself every single assignment, mm -hmm. yes. um, career-wise. Yes. And, and it's because nobody wants to hire you. So our first, our first base, you know, um, I did grad school. I worked a, you know, an office job. And that was fine. It was normal. When we moved to our second base, this is where I started noticing the challenges that really faced military spouses no matter you know what branch um when you move to your next assignment you can have the graduate degree at the time you know i was in, I was a new i had just picked up my my master's degree i had a couple of years experience i was ready to go started sending my resume out there people were able to pick up based on my address where we came from um patterns that I thought I was a military spouse and I was asked in interviews, how long do you think you'll be here? <laughs> they were asking me impossible questions and it's not illegal to ask that question because, because it's not under one of the protected categories, but it immediately puts you at a disadvantage. And here's, and here's the crazy thing. If you look, there has been research done that if you look at military spouses, they change jobs no less frequently on average than a civilian. But there's still this perception that a company doesn't want to hire a military spouse because they are just going to come in, take resources in terms of training, and once they get settled and situated, you're going to have to replace them soon after. 
and it's because the, the military is going to take them away. No, no. And military no, spouses, they work hard. Horrible, but it's the reality though, right? Yes. 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 I think um, that, yeah, that response, it was so spot on. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I don't know. I hope I'm not cutting out. Um, honestly, it's so frustrating too, to go in and know that you're only, you know, sometimes you're there longer depending upon um, what your spouse's job is and what location you're at. And um, sometimes you bounce around within jobs at the same duty location. So you don't have to PCS so frequently, but that's very uncommon. Um, and, you know, so, you know, to go in and say, oh, I think I'm going to be here two, maybe three years, or in this case for all of us, I mean, well, I'm here for two years, but the rest of you guys are only here for one year. Um, I'm here and for two. Yeah, we, we got the fellowship. So we're here for two, which is great. But, you know, like, I don't personally want to walk into a school district and say, hi, please hire me for one year and then see you later. Like, it's very intimidating, too, to go and apply in a, you know, apply yourself. And then because you have to invest yourself in your job, you know, if you're mm -hmm. if you're any good at doing what you're doing and have any passion for it, you don't just say, hey, I'm here. Um, knowing that you're going to leave and be deceptive. Like that's just, that's not showing the integrity that I think all of us choose to carry ourselves with. So I don't know. I want to show like numbers don't lie. And while you guys were talking, I just looked up some statistics because so 38% of the military spouse community is underemployed compared to 8% of the economy as a whole. And 12% are unemployed. 12% is triple the, um, the amount that it is in the economy. In the normal economy, I mean civilians, which is ridiculous to me. I, and it touches upon, like you guys brought up good points. So Mary, you said that they don't want to hire you. I literally applied for, I mean. <laughs> I can't make it stop, I'm sorry, I'm Just, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry guys. Okay, it stopped. Oh my God. Um, so just real quick, so 38% of the spouses, of military spouses are underemployed compared to 8% of, of the economy as a whole. That means civilians. Wow. So 12% of military spouses are unemployed compared to um, civilians, which is three times the national rate. It's ridiculous. And it touches right. upon both the fact that they don't want to hire you and the fact that spouses that are passionate about the job that they do don't want to go into a position and just say, hey, I'm you know, I'm here, I'm very qualified, hire me. And in the back of your mind, you're anxious already because you know you're going to put in the work and you're going to leave. So my husband is probably among one of those that think the same way where they're like, well, why don't you just get a job in the government? Go USA Jobs and apply to a bunch <laughs> of jobs in USA Jobs. I have been doing that for the last 11 years of our marriage. I apply every year. I revamp my resume every year. I went and got a master's degree. Um, thinking that would help me. I added that. I added that while I was taking my master's. I applied for internships, didn't get anything, not even phone calls. I also didn't get anything. I've applied since we found out we were moving here, which this time last year, I sent applications in and I said, well, maybe if I get a call and I get hired, I'll just move to Alabama earlier. And clearly that didn't happen because I'm sitting here working at Starbucks because I needed to fill my time while my kids are at school full time. So really, I think that the fact that we don't work has nothing to do with the fact that we don't want to work. And if more employees see, if more employers saw 
sought out after to hire military spouses, they would see that there's a community of us that want to work. We have a lot to do. I don't want to say we have nothing to do, but we multitask like nobody's business. We are always, <laughs> we plan, we make doctor's appointments. Um, our husbands spring stuff up on us on last minute and we have to change our plans. We move, we know how to communicate. We, we know how to be around people. We teach, we do so many things. We're just sitting here like a, an untapped resource that employers are afraid to hire because they don't want to, um, they don't want to lose employees. But at the same time, if you took us and you molded us into what you wanted us to be and allowed us to transfer from job to job, it would be fantastic. But I have, I have a master's degree in communications and I have not used it at all in zero capacities other than in my, in my own personal life. I've learned how to, I'm tech savvy. I can do things like, uh, like use the zoom to do phone calls. I can do group me chats and update Facebook pages and, you know, run little things like that. But I, none of that is making me any significant money. And then you guys didn't touch upon daycare. <laughs> so daycare on base on the bases is pretty, it's, it doesn't cost as much as it could off base, but still imagine you have a four, a three or four year old, like me, I have an eight-year-old and two five-year-olds. At one time, I had three kids that were both not, that all three of them were not school age. So if I have to pay $150 a week for one, and then the two would be infants at the time. So I would pay, I don't know if it's like 200, 220, 300 a week per. So that's six, that's over, that's over $1,200. I used to pay 1600 a month. Um, a week. We're not even talking monthly. That's yeah. every week every week to solidify a spot in a CDC from whatever, 6.30 in the morning, maybe seven, all the way until five or six o'clock at night. It's, that's absurd. Plus, right. um, if they're infants and they don't eat the food that they cook at the CDC, you have to bring in your formula and you have to bring in your baby food. It's a lot of money. So we made the decision really early on before I even gave birth to my first that I was gonna stay home because let's face it, social workers starting off, I call it the adult minimum wage, $28,000 a year is not, anything to sustain. You can barely pay for daycare for that. So we right. just stayed home. I decided to stay home and my husband took the reins with his career and I constantly reinvented myself. So I, every, I like when you said that Mary, uh, every assignment that I've had, I've been a different person and I yeah. take it as like a, a way to, nobody knows me at each assignment that I go to. So I can work on anything that didn't work in my last assignment. Like if I felt like maybe I was too selfish in my friendships, maybe I can be more giving. If I put too many walls up, maybe I can knock them down this assignment. If I was not as organized in my family life, maybe I can change and be more organized at home. Maybe I can just have a schedule for laundry versus not. Maybe I can keep all the clutter in the garage this time and start fresh in my house, whatever the case may be. And it, it worked out fine here. We're only here for a year and it feels nice to be decluttered and have the majority of my life in the garage and I don't miss it, which means that I have 90% of my stuff that we move around and lug around with every year or two years, whatever, sitting in my garage that I can get rid of if I want to. So we don't need it. So it's, that part is a blessing. But as far as um, working goes, I, I would love to get a career. But right now I just kind of, my husband is the breadwinner and it's okay to say that. He brings yeah. it to me. It's okay to say that he, he, they make a good living and they support our families and they work hard to do it. So I said, yeah, I feel like there's a really negative stigma attached to that. Um, the term like, Oh, she's a hippopotamus. She's just along for the money. Um, you know, is really kind of attached to the military spouse. 
especially for those of us who are at home. Um, you know, some spouses have jobs that are remote where they can work offline. For instance, my, my dad actually is retired army and my stepmom worked for IBM. She had, you know, she worked 30 years for IBM. She just recently retired, but she was a program or a project manager and she was able to work on her computer from wherever she was. So, you know, the location didn't matter, but for a lot of us, that's not the case. Um, you know, but going back to what I was originally saying about, you know, how there's that negative stigma, you know, people look at us and they look and they say, oh, well, you just stay at home and you don't do anything and you're just with him for the money or the benefits. Um, and they don't really accredit all that we go through. And I don't want to say sacrifice because I willingly choose to stay home and be a mom or, you know, whatever it is that I'm choosing to do. Um, but, you know, I had a good career started in Vegas when I was there and, um, you know, building up a good solid reputation um, within my field. Um, and, you know, it's a choice that you make, but you do it most of us, I think, do it willingly. Maybe not all. I can't speak for everyone, but, you know, most of us recognize, okay, well, I'm marrying somebody in the military and 99.9% uh, .9 of the time, that means you're moving. So you have to be willing to put yourself last, you know, and recognize that it's going to be for however long your, your spouse is going to be in, in service, you know, and they're doing something that hopefully is sustaining for them that they feel proud of because if not, well, then that's just miserable. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're military or not. If, you know, somebody isn't happy in what they're doing, they're, that's not a good situation. Um, but, you know, you're there to support them to bring this mission forward for our country, for the best intentions of our country, you know, and they're there doing the best that they can. So um, it really bothers me when people kind of put that negative outlook on us and try, I guess, kind of make us feel guilty for it. You know, like, oh, it must be nice to stay home or, um, you know, I've even heard of other um, spouse or active duty um, members talking about stay-at-home moms, you know, because they want their spouse to work. And then they would make joking comments to my husband, like, oh, what are they doing? They're at home all day. Like, why do they need to go out and, and socialize with their friends? They could be doing that all day because they're at home. And it's like, well, you know, we're doing a lot more than just sitting on our hands and feet and um, <laughs> eating bonbons. Yeah, it's, I definitely, the, the whole contract marriage, have you guys ever heard that? Yeah. Yeah, where you get married just so you can get the benefits and that's yeah. it. And yeah. the military yeah. members get married fast so that they can get more money for having dependents. Like, <laughs> I don't think anyone actually thinks that through though, because anyone who says that um, hasn't done their math because there's no way you can say, exactly. oh, you know what, I'm going to take on an extra person to my household. And then maybe we're going to add a couple little people to this household and I get a whole extra $150 a month. Yes. <laughs> I come out ahead. Like, I need to go back because I suck at math and even I no, that does not compute. First of all, you're adding a whole <laughs> list of complications by marrying somebody that you want to marry so you can get $150 extra. I would rather pay you. Therapy's going to cost more than that. I'd rather pay you when right. not get married. Like, don't do it. It's not, that's that's not the reason for, for it. And it definitely, like, when people call other people, like, depend upon So what if I want to walk around with the 
with a sweatshirt that says Air Force Wife on it or slap that on my van. I blood, sweat, and tears, guys. We've all been through hell and back with our with our guys, whether you've been married for three months or three years or thirteen years. Ooh, 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 ooh. So, or yeah. Be proud. <laughs> or yeah, or three months. See, I didn't forget you, Anika. Three months. Thank you. Thank is it, is it three, we four? made four. We made four. <laughs> Yay. Hey, by the way, Yanaris, thank you so much. I said hippopotamus, it's totally dependopotamus. So thank you for Oh no, it's still People understand what it is. I'm not going to tell you I was sitting here trying to figure out what a hippopotamus is like how that I just, <laughs> y'all know I'm learning. So I sit back and I listen. I just leave it alone. I'm like, I'll figure it out eventually. I need y'all, the newest one. The there. newest one that I heard was triceratops and I can't even. Yes. I think that's wow. funny though. That's, I don't I even, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'll tell you one thing that I've learned since I've been here is that the hardest thing for me is being isolated from family. And when we talk about people signing up and doing things, I don't think anybody would intentionally do that because, I mean, they may do it with the wrong motive, but the reality of it is you're going to pay for it because it is a sacrifice and it is something that you have to want to do because there are so many things that are attached to it that you would never think of. If you were sitting and planning this out, you could not think of the level of commitment that it takes from both parties, the person that's serving and the people that are supporting them. Because the loss of sleep, like I wanted to get on deployments and all that kind of stuff because the reality of of all that, you know, I know when I wasn't a spouse and I was sitting and watching the news and and I'm gonna be blatantly honest, I was a single mom at home and I used to sit and watch them give all of these donations and stuff to military spouses. And I used to get aggravated because I was like, you got a lot of single parents out here whose, whose fathers have just left and not paying bills and whatever. And we're trying to make Christmas happen too. But the spouses seem to have a lot of support. And it, it, I used to get mad because I used to say, we need to create those types of villages everywhere because no matter what your walk of life is, you need that level of support. But being on this side of it, like especially when I had my surgery and things like that, I realized that when that spouse is not there or when somebody's deployed, there are so many other emotional factors involved, not only of yourself, but of the safety of your spouse, but of the children and the questions that they ask and all these things. Those are things that somebody that's on the outside could never think of. So from you guys' perspective, what do you think about all that? Um, to kind of start, I'm going to jump in on that one. To go off of what you're saying with the deployment, you know, even imagine, Anika, if you, if your husband was deployed and you had had to do the hysterectomy or your, your surgery um, and deal with that, you know, on your own, away from your family, away from your close friends and the network and the community that you had built up. Um, and a lot of times from what we've, ex you know, what we experience is all of that stuff happens when they're gone, you know, your house is breaking down, your cars are breaking down, your, you know, everything, you know, medical, um, family, your kids, all of that happens a lot of times when you're there running this house solo. So, um, you know, it's, it's being able to kind of adapt and run with it and do it. Um, and recognize that when they are deployed, you know, they're, you don't want to bring all of the drama to them because they have a very focused mission on what they're needing to accomplish. And they can only, just like we can only handle so much, they really can only juggle so many balls too. So especially, you know, 
um, our, our spouses, our active duty spouses, they're used to solving problems. They're used to acting. So to be, you know, taken away from the family and not able to pitch in and do their part and feel like they're being, you know, um, they're adding to us and helping us to deal whatever, deal with whatever the struggles are that we're having or experiencing. That's, you know, that's really difficult. And that adds to the difficult level or the difficulty of them being able to accomplish their mission. So, you know, it's having to kind of, to balance how much you tell them or what you tell them um, and when you tell them, you know, cause if sometimes there's not a good time to tell them. So it's kind of like an after the fact or, oh, I didn't know I had my, my kids had their tonsils out. Well, you know, um, it wasn't necessary for you to know at the time, kind of a deal. Yeah. I don't know what you guys think about that. But. No, they gotta keep their minds right. Yeah. I think at the same time though, these challenges also really highlight one of the beautiful things about the military community that I don't think those outside really understand, but it is how, how resilient um, most military spouses are and and how even in the face of adversity even when you're juggling all of these things and and trying to stay strong and be a supportive spouse but also you know a good mother and keep yourself together and you know um most of the women that i have met and had the pleasure of um speaking to in this journey even through all of that they still try to care for each other and and I think that's something um, that's something that's that's really great. Uh, and I totally had a point, and I just lost it. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> did you remember, or do you want me to? Um, you know what? Say something because right now, like seriously, I was mid sentence. I just brain blank. <laughs> and that's just because we have a million things in our brain. And I keep um, right. <laughs> no, I was going to piggyback. Do you guys? Do you guys ever, or did you guys ever have, like, that one, like, like, senior spouse that you met somewhere along the line when you first became a spouse that had, like, like, you know, your husband was Butter Bar's second lieutenant, and you met, like, that one major and his wife, and you're like, wow, look at how, like, together they are, and she gave you, like, a piece of advice, like, I had, like, this one lady, and I, I won't mention her name. Like, I don't want her to like put her on blast or anything. But I remember that this one time she said to me, because we were complaining about just like how hard it is to be like around um, with the husbands being TDY all the time. And my husband just had a TDY's temporary duty station. So he just, uh, they go away on business, I guess. Um, but he had been doing that constantly uh, with her husband. And she said, that um, it's good to keep them involved in everything that happens at home because they would rather be home than be traveling and living out of their suitcase any day. Um, so you want to tell them like, hey, you know, little Susie had her checkup today. She weighs one pound, for whatever. Like, you know, you yeah. want to just keep them involved in those little things. Um, you don't necessarily want to constantly fight all the time when they're TDY. And it's not for nothing, but it's mostly because they're already missing home. They're already out there. They're doing these boring meetings all day long. Imagine sitting in, in this meeting where you're sitting there for six hours, listening to this one general talk and talk and talk and talk. And all you have to do is listen because you're not even, you don't even have seniority to talk. So you sit there, listen, take notes, 
take lunch breaks, come back, sit there, take notes. It's awful. So if they know that you're at home and you're stable and you're happy, that's enough for them to be able to go out and do their, their mission. If a happy wife at home or, or husband, because there are spouses that are male that stay home too, but as long as you are home, happy, taking care of the household, whether that's taking care of the kids or just keeping the house up, if you don't have children, taking care of your pets, just making sure that things are in order and allowing them to go off in a way and do the things that they're supposed to do without worrying that you're going to, um, flip out, spend all the money, go out cheating everywhere. The kids are not going to be taken care of. People are going to be talking and the, you're fighting with the mother-in-law. You're doing this and that. It, it's just all a mind fog for them. And I think that that's just something too that, and, and I know like, so I joined a lot of mops groups throughout my, when my kids were younger and uh, a lot of them gave the biblical sense of what a marriage is supposed to be and the husband leads the family and the and the wife stays home and tends to the children in the house and the husband is the leader in this world sometimes you have to be the leader in this military world sometimes you have to be the lead military spouse you have to be the the wife has to be the leader and the and the husband has to take the the seat and go off and do the tdys and go off and do the deployments and you need to be the person that makes the decisions makes the financial choices makes the know how to fix your tire in your car, know how to change an oil, know how, who to call when you move and you PCS somewhere and your husband has to go TDY the next week, but somebody has to make these claims, you know, all the claims of the damaged furniture. You have to know who to call. So sometimes you have to be the leader. And that's just the reality. Or even just the resources to reach out to, like, you know, our, our spouse groups that it's like, yeah. hey, we just got here and this XYZ just happened who do I contact, you know? So just knowing that it's, there are other people out there to reach out to instead of always bombarding your, your active duty spouse um, for the same reason, you know, it's like, okay, let's exhaust all the other avenues before we bring this ball to their court and kind of drop it on them. I don't know. My husband is like, we make a lot of our decisions. I think uh, we make a lot of our decisions jointly. Um, one yeah. thing that I have learned over the past almost 13 years of, um, of marriage and, and we learned this kind of young and have been fine tuning it. Cause obviously it's always a process and you always fine tune it is that at least for us, what's well, what's helped him feel connected at home as well as, um, still able to to focus on his job is to as Yanaris said um you know be be appraised of all the little things going on the appointments the you know whatever the phone calls to maintenance whatever whatever it is you have to do um maybe not necessarily you know right in the moment but but definitely within a certain you know period of time depending on what's going on 24 48 hours two hours, whatever. Um, but, but also to take on kind of a flexible, a flexible approach to the concept of um, who's going to be head in like the marriage. And we both kind of take on, like, it's, it's a, it's a flexible, it's a flexible role. And, and that seems to be best, uh, seems to work out the best, at least from what I've seen in terms of support. And I know, um, I think you both, I think everyone kind of touched on that a bit. Um, yes. 
Yeah. No, that's what, I, you know what? I'm um, done. I don't even know what's with me this afternoon. I'm sorry. No, that's what I meant. <laughs> it's like sometimes, sometimes you, even though you want to be, even though you want the, your husband to, to be there and to be the leader and to do, you know, to come home and, and take on the reins, they really don't know a lot because they're gone all the time. And it, and it's so sad. And I had to mourn that for a minute. I didn't realize that it was going to be that way when we had children. Um, that first year where we had my oldest and then my husband was TY every week and I'm not exaggerating. He's never been through a deployment, but let me tell you, he has been gone every single week where we see him on Saturdays, maybe. We've lived in DC where if you've ever been in the DC area um, with your husband being there, you don't see them at all. So it's sometimes like they'll, they'll come home and you just have to kind of fill them in real quick on, on the things that are happening and the kids get so excited that they start acting out. And then you just have to get frustrated in the moment, walk away, <laughs> come back, fix it. Let them, it's almost like a reverse psychology. Let them think that they're doing what they're supposed to do, but really you're kind of picking up all the pieces at the end. We're, we're, those, we're those piece picker uppers. I don't know how to even describe it. Like we're just fixers. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, sometimes that's what it feels like in that chaos. Here, not so much. Um, ACSE has been a blessing to a lot of families and my husband is home consistently and it's just changed the dynamic of our family. It's kind of a glimpse of what it's going to be like sometime in the future. And hopefully my children take these memories with them because they didn't have that for a long time. So, um, and I know that Brooke touched upon like reaching out for resources and let's just put it out there. Spouses clubs, whether they are enlisted and officer or just officer spouses clubs are not the enemy. And I'm so tired of people saying that it is an enemy, that these are people that are annoying. These are people that are bored and we're just bored, dependent upon misses. It is not. They're actually there to help you. You want friends? It's a built-in village. They're there. You just have to find it. Yeah. You can't just sit back Absolutely. and let it find you. Um, Absolutely. And I think what people don't realize is that any, as with any um, as in any community in society, you're going to have, most people are good. Most people are good. Most people want to help each other. Most people want to be a good neighbor. And you know what? We're all in the same boat and we all understand. We all understand what's going on. Yes. You know, so, so spouses, spouses clubs are, can be a great resource. Um, and they can definitely make a big impact in, um, in your view of an assignment for sure. Um, I want to circle back to what you're saying about, you know, um, sharing and having that communication, Mary, because I think that, um, I think that that's so important. And I think what I said originally kind of showed, said the opposite, um, you know, as far as like making decisions without them or whatnot, I think having that communication, you have to, that they want to know, they should know, um, what's going on. But, you know, like if they're gone, sometimes you have to make the decision, hopefully based upon the values that you've built within your marriage prior to them going or doing or whatever. So that way, when they do circle back and you do get to talk to them or tell them, hey, this is what's going on, you're making decisions that, that mirror the values of your marriage and your family. And, you know, hopefully something that your spouse is going to, um, feel okay with you know like you don't want to go and just jump into something and say oh and by the way I, I did this and deal with it like hopefully it's something it's like okay this is 
this is what's Oops, going sorry. on. This is $200 what's going on. Target without you. Like, my bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so it takes a lot of trust for them to, to be able to trust you and to go and leave. Um, so a lot of trust that you've built up, you know, a lot of communication that you've had. Um, so like just open communication when you can with them to, to discuss the things that are important. So that way, when you are making those pitch hit um, decisions, you know, you're not just doing it out of left field, you know, it's, it's sharing those, you know, based on those shared values and whatnot that, you know, you know, you're still honoring your marriage with, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I think that every, yeah, every yeah. marriage is so unique too. Everybody's yeah. a different communication style and a, and a yeah. different way of looking at things, but the successful ones are the ones that do a little bit of what each one of us said. It all Absolutely. kind of you find <laughs> you find what works for you and and the you know the great thing is is that it forces you um you know the the challenges in military life and everything it forces you to have those conversations and um and and talk about you know creating those those ideals and those boundaries and that framework in which under which you want to operate and actually reminded me of a conversation I had with my sister um one of them early early on in her marriage where she had to make a decision and she couldn't reach her husband. And so she called me and she was like, well, Mary, um, I think I'm going to do this, but I don't know what he's going to think about it, but I'm not going to get a chance to talk to him for a little while. And I kind of have to make a decision now. And, and I remember talking to her um, and, you know, kind of counseling her a bit on the decision, but then suggesting to her because it surprised me that she didn't have, that they hadn't, sat down and discussed how to make um I, I even forget what the decision was but it was one of those decisions that like at, you know as a military spouse I remember thinking um everyone's talked about this we all have to kind of know and so um that is a pretty cool thing actually about yes. about um being a military spouse that we we do have that I don't know kind of built-in pre-marriage sort of marriage counseling yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when you PCS like think about I don't know about you guys. I mean, I love my husband, but we literally hate each other every single time that we have to move because <laughs> we're both type A and we both want to do everything um, the same exact way. So I'm, I, we both know how to do things. So I'm like, I'm going to take this TV stand apart. Uh, where's the screwdriver? You don't need a screwdriver. Yes, I do. Read the directions. No, you can't. And then before you know, we're both fighting. That's just, and it happens with every little thing. It could be picking up a piece of paper off the floor, but if you just use your two hands, but no, I'm going to use my foot. Look, I just don't, like, it's just how we, we are. But those kind of environments, like getting down and dirty and just like doing those crazy moves forces you to talk about things and, and handle things that you wouldn't normally handle in probably most marriages. I mean, I didn't move around as much when I was younger. My parents probably bickered and fighted. Maybe they did it behind closed doors. I'm not sure, but um, our children have been around us when we are in those kind of messy situations. And it happens a lot because you have to pick up your whole life. You have to kind of throw it all in a van and hope that it comes back in one piece and you have to put it back together again. Well, well enough to be stable enough to handle, um, emotions from, for me, it's three other little people that are relying on me to be stable. So I have to create their rooms and make sure that they know this is where you live. This is your new environment. This is where you are. So I, it's, they get to see us do that messy stuff. So maybe the hopes are that when our kids grow up someday and move on with their lives, that my husband and I have that, like all those crazy times that we can reflect back on. Like, remember that time that we fought about 
you know, whatever, putting that together. Yeah, that was so crazy. You build memories and you build connections and you figure out how to talk and you figure out who's going to be what in your relationship. And you're not left with, with a lot of empty nothing when your children move out, move away. Cause the, the relationship between your husband and yourself, that's the most important thing, really. Yes. That's, that's the foundation. You have a good foundation. Yep. And then you're just fine. Yep. And then every four years, you're going to have to disassemble, unassemble and reassemble that TV stand. Yeah. So you can relive those memories. That's a metaphor. I'm not going to curse. I told, I told myself, don't say the F-bomb. Don't say the F-bomb. I was going to say, that's, that is the, like, that's the, that's your marriage. So you're going to have to take it apart and put it back together every single time, no matter what, how stable and how together you were, you've taken it apart. You have to put it back together again. And not one person is the same at every PCS. You change a little bit. Well, and that even ties oh, yeah. into deployments because you know, when our spouse goes on a deployment or a TDY, um, you know, which can be a week, it can be two weeks, it can be, typically it's no, normally not longer than a month for a TDY, but, you know, you have to function as a single, single parent household while they're gone and you get into a rhythm, you get into a routine. So, so you're picking apart, you know, you're taking apart the family and making it work for that amount of time. And then they come back in and you're putting it back together. But again, you know, you've gotten into your rhythm and routine and they're coming back and you want them there and the, your kids want them there and everybody's happy that you're home or their home rather. Um, but it doesn't, you know, they're messing up your routine. So you're sitting there like biting your teeth, like, um, they go to bed at eight 30 and why are you still playing with them instead of helping to get them in their PJs? And you know, you're like biting your teeth and just kind of all your done. hair inwardly because you don't want them to be upset that you're upset but you're really upset because you're like gosh darn it and then you're walking around picking up the pieces and making them think that they came in and they're doing everything the way they're supposed to and you're like yes you guys are so nice like i don't know mary's like like, no. Because when my husband does TDY a lot and he'd come home, I remember I, the back-to-back TDY weeks where he'd be gone Monday through Friday yeah. and then he'd have to leave again Monday through Friday. Oh, I would be a pill all weekend. And yeah. I knew it. And he knew it. And he'd be like, just quit it, Mary. But I oh, just, the, oh, I'd be so snippy. Yeah, you guys are so nice. Awful. Like, oh, I'd, I'd just be quiet or I'd let him do stuff. No, no, no. no. no I'm, I'm talking like, about when he comes back home, we have to make, like, I try to, like, not show my frustration of him being back home. The weekend, I was mad the whole time. I was mad on Friday night when he came home until Sunday because I knew he was leaving Monday to go to, I don't know, to go to California yeah. and have dinner at these fancy restaurants while I'm sitting there with two babies attached to my boobs with filling, you know, <laughs> of milk. And he's sitting there going, I'm at a steakhouse. Yes. Uh, like, in Venice Beach. Like, okay. Freaking kidding me. Yeah. Yep. Been there, done that. I don't know. I, I'd be much nicer when he was gone. It was when he was at home that I'd just be like, <laughs> look, you're here now. And now you're messing up my schedule. You should have just yeah. Don't you have to go over I just, I just yeah. say that. Who has not said that during this ACS season? Like I have said, don't you have to go TDY? My husband is actually away right now. He left so today fine. or he left yeah. last night. He doesn't get back home until Friday. It's the first yeah. TDY since April. So I get to, I don't even have to cook dinner because nobody cares. <laughs> My kids don't care. They'll eat cereal. <laughs> They'll 
in my past life cereal okay in my present life cereal has been for dinner and it's okay life goes on like yeah that's not that he requests or demands he's home when he's home you feel like a structure like a need to maintain a certain structure i don't even know why what i wanted listeners to hear so i kept saying when i was engaged i'm like i don't want to have to be somebody's wife i don't i don't want to have to have a certain walk i don't want to go to ball i don't want anybody telling me where i'm gonna live i don't want any of that like and now you want to go to the ball well, I did, right? I was excited, right? I was like, I get to wear high heels and shiny stuff. Yay! You know, and then you got to see home. your husband all dressed up, doing all these things, and you're like, hmm. Okay. That's why I'm married. I had to figure out that I had I could fight and I could moan and I can groan or I could just live the life. And you know, now I'm open to the opportunity because you know it's a matter of how you perceive it. You know, yes. I, I have a really hard time with with order I have a hard time with somebody else making decisions for me so whether it's the military or my husband I'm gonna fight but that's why I started a business because I tell him all the time at least I have control over something because <laughs> there's no control yes. over life yeah have no control over everything and that's what I wanted listeners to hear is that you know before I was a military spouse and I'm pushing 40 so I got married later into this life and I listened to so many people who really look at me like I don't know anything sometimes because they're like, oh, I've been married for 12 and 13 years. And I'm like, oh, I was just living the single mom life. You know what I'm saying? But I look at the parallels and that's what I want people to hear is that a lot of people have a lot of perceptions about different people's lives, lifestyles, and how things are. But you really don't know until you're inside of it. And while everybody's trying to knock how everybody else lives, everybody needs to be supporting each other because everybody brings something different to the table. And while people are busy not trying to hire spouses, I listen to you guys talk all the time. And I'm like, oh, I know what's perfect for you. And I know what's perfect for you. And your nurse is like, stop, Nika, I didn't ask you. And I'm like, whatever, but you guys have the skills that other people that have been in the same thing all their lives don't have. I mean, and when you put experience to skills and you put life, you know, and wisdom with skills, it's, I look at, I look at the, the, the way that it is and I look at, the people that are around and that's what made me come up with my conference because I was like there's so many people trapped in this world who really have no control but don't know how to flip it around because ultimately I mean just looking at the women like I'll meet women at the events and I'll say well you would be perfect with this person but it, there's a disconnect you know yes. and so at me coming into this world it's like I could see so much but it's not happening but I just yeah. want I want women, I want listeners, I want spouses, I want the world to know that don't judge, you know, don't judge a book because you really don't know. And, you know, I've met a lot of people who are married to um, retirees and a lot of people don't know that when you have a spouse or you're married to somebody who served, they're different. And for me, it's really interesting to be sitting where I'm sitting because I had two parents that did it. One that did it for 40 years and one that did it for 10. And, and they're different, you know? And I never understood it as a child because I didn't get to live the military life. And it's interesting, Brooke, because I was actually born at Nellis. Oh, um, funny. So How I do that. Yeah, so I listened to this, but I was so young that I couldn't remember. But I also look at the people who grew up in the military life and then married the military life. So there's so many dynamics. Yep, and it never made me think about it because there's so. We're not even touching on dual military because you had a dual military family growing up. You had your mom and your dad were both active duty. Yep, 
that's yeah. a whole other ball game. You could talk yeah. about, you could write a book, you could write novels, you could write a series. They did. It was, you could do so many things with that. The struggles with that world, they, the spouses there probably look at our little first world problems and are thinking, don't worry about getting deployed at the same time. You don't have to worry about me getting, you know, PCSing here and you going completely to a different place. Like, so there's yep. just so many struggles. But the, the main thing is that, yeah, we, so we chose this. I chose to stay, to take a back seat. I let my yep. husband take the front seat. I chose to do it. I didn't have to do it. He didn't force me to do it. He didn't say, Yanaris, you can't go back to school. You cannot work. He wants me to be successful. But I knew that for him to be successful, as in keep promoting and keep doing what he's doing and keep loving what he's loving to do, I had to take a back seat and let him get the master's degree first, let him do the job at, with the million TDYs, let him be an exec for a three-star general equivalent and be gone constantly, never see him till 8 p.m. at night. I had to let him do that. And I chose to be the constant at home for my kids. I, they're the ones that they saw me when they woke up in the morning. They saw me when they, when they went to bed at night. They didn't see my husband when he, when he left for work or when he came home from work. Sometimes they were sleeping. It was, that's literally true. They wouldn't see him until maybe Friday nights if I would let them stay up a little bit later, but Saturdays and Sundays. And so I had to be the constant and I chose that. I could have done daycare and I'm sure that if I really dove deep into it, we could have figured out a way and he would have supported me no matter what. But that's just what I chose. But we're allowed to complain about it because we chose it doesn't mean that we can't say this sucks. Like, of course we can do that. I had children, but okay. sometimes my children drive me crazy. And although they're a blessing, I complain about them all the time. It's, it's, <laughs> there, there's, there's no coupon in a year. Who what? You're allowed to complain because, like, I, in a year, I'll have I'll have a, I'll have something to put on there. Is there you want a list of complaints? <laughs> I need the coupon. I need the opportunity. Oh, the opportunity. Oh, girl, you can complain whenever you want, but you're gonna get the civilians that are gonna look at you and go, "Well, you chose this life," and then in your head, you're gonna kill them, but you can't do that because then you don't want to go to prison. So you're just gonna be like, <laughs> "I guess I did," and you're gonna move away because those are not gonna be your friends. The friends you know are gonna what? be the ones that are gonna you know say, what? "You're allowed to support." To honest with you, I already feel that way because so many people are looking at me now, saying, "Oh, Anika, look at your life now," and I'm like, "You have no idea. You pay a price." They think and, and, the, and we could look, we could look at the misconceptions. Like, there's the list, right? Read them. Read it. Yep. Go for it, Anika. Read the misconceptions. Let's let's tear them down. Oh, oh y'all want me to read them? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> why not? I done clicked on the blog now. There's a whole blog. So um, hold on. I got to find them now. But one of them said that um, um, that military spouses get free rent. I mean, the military members get free rent. And, the, and so, you know, everybody thinks that there's this one answer to everything, right? Oh, that we're rich, right? Yeah. Okay, well, can I tell this. you guys what we get for like our free rent here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Look, you live fact, on this. Like, Gary, whatever you say, it's just as bad as that blog because it said that as soon as they got there, the cockroaches greeted them. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much, pretty much, we had some art. So our house, um, because we're here for, we're here for two years, um, and oh, so cool. we live in the permanent party historic housing on base. And when we moved in, this city girl did not know what mouse droppings looked like. <laughs> What, what? But I learned real quick. Oh. oh. Mm. Yeah. Well, our house had been empty for like 10 months and these houses all have nice cracks and they're, you know, I, they're, they're hundred year old homes. And now, I mean, we got, it's all, it was fixed very quickly, but, um, but still, 
you know, this is this is what we pay. We lose the entire allowance. Yeah. For, yeah. Okay. You know, for for this. That's and, and, and yeah. it's fine. I'm not complaining. We have a home. We have a home. We but have walls. live on base, lovely. Yes, your full housing allowance. So you're not living like a rich person. You're not balling. Whatever. No. But we're not. Like, no, everyone has a budget. Every, you, show, you show me a military spouse without a budget. And uh, I'm just going to laugh. Yeah. Because they yeah. don't exist. Yeah. Everyone has a well, budget. Just like every civilian has a budget. Everybody has a budget, guys. That's Welcome true. to adulthood. Okay. That everybody works. should have a budget. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, yes. living in Vegas and walking or, you know, I had to go, oh, when I got married. Um, you know, walking down to the social security office and seeing the line out the door or um, my office manager at my school, you know, she had to drop somebody off at the food stamp office and, you know, people are standing in line to go get food stamps with the latest Escalade and the latest iPhone or this, that, and the other. People should have a budget, whether or not they do. I don't know if that, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. someone told me, well, boss. everyone has a budget, but whether they follow it or not is a totally different okay. story. Yes. Or yes. whether okay. you live within your means or outside of your means. That, yes. that, all, that yes. all makes a difference to you. We all make the same amount of money. You can look it up on whatever .gov website you could look it up on. It's a yep. matter of how you spend it and yep. what you do with it, which is why we all kind of have similar things if you look around left and right. Pretty much similar. If somebody has more, they're their husband is a pilot or their spouse is a pilot. So they get pilot pay. It makes a difference. It absolutely does. Um, or they really got cheap rent. So BAH, they're banking on some of that using it in their family, which is, that's totally, that's fine. It doesn't matter should. how you use it, right? Yep. It's, yep. As yeah, you should, exactly. Called being, that's called hustling. It's called being savvy. Yep. Do y'all yep. want to hear these? Cause y'all said y'all want me to read them. Yeah. Read it. Um, all right. Military spouses should serve their partners. I guess there's this misconception that because they they go out and serve that they should be served. Let's try not we to touched, let, we let, touched let's upon not that. Let our husbands hear that part. Um, oh, is he right there? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Military couples always enjoy the romantic homecoming. So y'all touched on the TDY. Do y'all do y'all bring out the song and dance when they come home? Did you hear so us? Actually, um, we always <laughs> plan we always plan a date. put them to bed tonight. <laughs> We I would plan a date night, but it's usually so we can reconnect and talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. The date night. Yes. Yes. Now this but one. Every military. They're home long enough. Married young. Um, I, I got married I young. Know. I can't say anything. <laughs> I got married young. I'm not even gonna lie. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get married um, the first time till I was 32 years old because I only wanted to do it to say that I had been married, and if I died, then I could say I tried. But aside from that, I knew that I didn't want to be that 18 year old that got married just because society said I needed to. I don't like stereotypes. So okay. that, that was my whole thing. But you know, we the in love. There, but that doesn't mean it is right. You know what I mean? We mm -hmm. were in love and we had, I had just finished, or he had just graduated college and I was finishing up. And when I finished, we were just like, let's build a life together. The Air Force is great. And I'm only going to be there for four years and then we're going to move to Florida. And we're going to go to Patrick's Air Force Base, and then we're going to retire there. We have never been to Patrick's Air Force Base. I have never even been to Daytona Beach in my life. I have never been to Melbourne. I have never been to that area, nor have we been stationed close to that area. So I just moved from there. It's it's nice. I'm I sure. 
you go to Patrick a lot? Well, marriage is based on lies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, Jesus. All right. Um, every military, okay. Every military couple rushes into marriage. No, we dated no. for two and a half years and we probably would have dated longer if he wasn't leaving. But um, my, I grew up in a, you know, very conservative um, Christian home and I didn't necessarily believe in living with someone before marriage. And he was like, why are we going to do long distance? Um, we could both go to grad school together. And so I was like, well, it's, um, I'm going to marry you now or marry you 10 years from now. Let's go have the party. <laughs> Pretty much why we got married young. Exactly what you said. We had both graduated college and we said, you know, he had the stable job. I could have built my career. Why do that separately when we can do that together? And I was, I'm the oldest of three in my family and I'm the only girl. No way in hell was my dad going to let me move out of my house to, with the boyfriend in Georgia where he was stationed move away oh from gosh, yeah. far away and not be married that was not that was a not <laughs> negotiable so we were going to get married regardless so we did it and it was it was great no regrets does every military couple face deployment no no nope. uh, no i mean we did we have I'm but not i've known couples that have made it to retirement without ever facing a deployment and couples that have you know, I had their spouses deployed three out of four years. Oh, and wow. the Air Force has two different worlds. There's the the flying world and the acquisitions world. Acquisitions as in purchasing, buying, logistics, cyber, and then flying as in like, um, you know, you fly an aircraft. Those people probably get deployed a lot, I yes, can imagine. Yeah. Um, acquisitions we may be one of those that never go through a six month deployment. The way that our timing is lining up, it may just never happen. So right. not every couple. Do not cuss me out on the next one. Military spouses always complain and should have known what they were signing up for. We complain. Yeah, I think we touched on that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And just married for the benefits, we killed that. Um, and then all military couples are super conservative. No. Oh. I actually thought this. I did. Really? Yeah. Because you have this image that whenever you see military, you see conformity, you see uh, structure, you see uniformity. You don't think about being people, just like celebrities. You don't think of them being people. You think about these people that chose to live a certain way. You don't really look at, you know, the people. You don't look at them as individuals. So, I mean, when you yeah. talk about the, the typical family and all that, you know, you just see them, you know, greeting each other. You know, it's always the woo-woo-woo when you see. So that's what a lot of people think. And you know, even if you see something on the news and they say, oh, they're a veteran or they're this, people have a perception of, oh, well, they should have known better. Or they, they're supposed to live a certain way because they are military. You know what I'm saying? Um, so okay, that's like saying every accountant has to be a certain way and every psychiatrist has to be a certain way. And I'm like, no, it's like any other job. Everyone's different. Yeah. You know, so interesting to me is when you reading that my automatic thought was to go to politics not that i want to dive into that but you know when i hear conservative i think you know a, a, a far-leaning right republican not just you know somebody that oh you're right 
I mean, like that's, that's, when I hear conservative, that's what I think. I don't think about the way somebody dresses oh, or whatnot. So, I didn't get that one, but I understand what you mean. Yes. Yeah. So, but it, it's yeah. interesting because, you know, to hear Anika's take on it, I'm like, oh, no, that makes total sense too. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of military are considered or expected to be Republicans in a political nature. Um, uh, Michelle Obama said shit on her book tour the other day and it was all over the news so we all thought of her as this big political conservative they're very like not conservative politically but conservative conservative as in like persona and like very prim and proper she said she said shit that's that's pretty much tear down that wall that's we are not yeah all that in that mold we're yeah. just normal people yep Right. I'm finding out, you know, especially when you have to be, you know, find joy. I have noticed that some people are extremely creative um, and it, it, it works, though. I mean, it, it works. You have to do what you have to do to make the best of the situation. So I have noticed that a lot of people are different and, and more fun than I gave them credit for. <laughs> um, uh, we're not going to get on the everyone cheats in military marriages. You know, you have those perceptions of people having multiple families and all kinds of stuff. Military couples never Okay, seen but can I tell you a totally funny story that that made me think of? Uh-oh. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, it was really funny. Um, so when we were stationed, my husband and I were stationed um, out in California. And while we were out there, we lived off base for three of the four years. And then in the last year, I had opened a business and most of my clientele was on base. And um, we were no longer living. We used to live very close to where I worked the office where I worked and so my husband was commuting and I had no commute so he was like well why don't we just move on base so we moved on base and um like three weeks after we moved on base someone at his office who has known him and I don't know if this person had ever been to our house or not but anyway they knew him they literally asked him and I don't know if they were joking or not but they were like uh I've seen you driving from base housing. Are you stepping out? <laughs> and my, that was kind of my husband's reaction. He was like, no, we moved. So anyway, oh, wow. I read that and I thought about it and I was like, seriously, are you going to start some gossip? Like, why yep. wouldn't the first thing you think of me like, didn't you move? That is so Not, Are you stepping out? Well, but you people are scandalous. Don't be scandalous. Right, right. And I There's have stories. You know what I mean? That people are just like normal people and that, you know, like we were saying how sometimes, you know, people don't have anything else to do, but that goes with anything. And people have these misperceptions and all these things and they just really don't know. All these other ones we touched on, um, but the one thing I do want to talk about is the community. And that's something that I've always tried to build no matter where I went, no matter what you are, no matter whether you're a Christian, single mom, married, no matter what your ethnicity Everybody needs a village and everybody needs support. And that's the one thing that they do have. And like Inara said, it's a matter of whether you reach out for it and what you do with it, just like any opportunity and any life choice. It's a matter of what you do with what you got. And um, that's what I say about it. it. says the close community. Military spouses always have a close community to help when their partners are gone. That's not always so, true. No. But I think you have to find it. No. Yeah, and the caveat is you might not always have that close community. Like you, if you go out and find your community, it might not even be within the military circle. True. We've had we've had assignments where our 
closest community are the people that I still, you know, keep in touch with that I would say were my closest friends. They were not military. Or if they were, I didn't meet them through military circles. Right. My best friend, my best friend in Virginia, I have two really good friends, one that we are really, really close and none of them are military. One of them is prior military, but the other one is her husband is a government worker. So I guess they know the lifestyle a little bit just because they work alongside military a lot. Um, And he was prior military as well, but that was years ago. So really we connected over the fact that our husbands were always gone. And we have been best friends ever since, and we still see each other, and our kids talk sometimes. And um, we also have a lot of other, I think it's just a matter of stepping out into your community and just getting involved in that way. And it doesn't necessarily have to be military. And we lived away from the military base. So we had to, I, I joined MOPS. I um, got involved in the like PTO at my kid's school. I, I did like mom and daughter things or, you know, things like that. So So I think I you know. to tell listeners anything that you want them to know about anything before we tune. What yep, because I have to wrap it up and go get go get my yeah, daughter. It is it is children time. So you guys yeah. uh, say what you gotta say. <laughs> anything? Any last words? That didn't sound right. Um, I think just something along the lines of, you know, like just having that those misconceptions or those those conceptions of what it is to be in the military to be a military spouse is like you know what just open up to people and um you know versus instead of um making those ideas and forming them in your head for yourself reach out to people in the military and get to know them if you're not in it or if you're not a spouse and be open to them because um you know military spouses have a lot to offer we also need you know we have needs um but you know it's not we're not just this tight-knit nobody is allowed in stepford wife you know kind of community it's um it's full of a lot of different people a lot of diversity and a lot of you know we're all we're all out to make new friends and build relationships well not all but most people you know because that's the way that we do maintain um moving everywhere and having to make all those different adjustments is to to adapt um so you know just that people kind of maintain an open mind as to who we are and what we're about and um you know if you have questions or you ever wonder like just you know i'm always open i'm an open book kind of a deal just reach out we don't bite (laughs) pretty normal we're a lot of fun imagine bunch of spouses that have to conform to everyday life so much like we take us out for a night we're fun um we we love community we we love to get involved and some of us just are good conversation starts like i don't know it's just we're, we're normal people but i think like reach out and you never know what a spouse or what a military spouse may be going through behind closed doors when she comes home so yeah. make the effort look to your left look to your right if you see somebody that you know is a military spouse and she looks run down and she looks tired and the kids are acting up reach out to her hey how are you are you okay we just met hey did you just move here i haven't seen you around reach out because the, sometimes all we need is that person to be kind to change our whole perception of the area that we're living yeah, the area that we're living, or um, just to make us feel included. Don't, yep. don't 
uninclude us just because you know that we're going to be leaving in a year or something like that. So yeah, just reach out and just always keep an, an eye out. Some of them look really, really put together. Reach out to yeah. those two. Yeah. Yeah, I would say especially. I'm oh, one yeah. of those. I want to yeah, that's why I say get you out of the house because I've had to make that phone call before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I want to thank you ladies for being here. Um, it was really close to my heart to have you guys and I'll probably do another one in a couple of months. But I just wanted people to know um, that there's misconceptions and, you know, just like any other stereotype, you deserve to know the real. Um, life is not easy no matter what your walk is. But, you know, the thing is, nobody should ever walk anywhere alone. So thank you ladies for being here. I love all of y'all. Y'all are part of my village and I am grateful for you guys because you guys have brought me through the last craziest four months of my life, but the most prosperous and ill health or whatever you call it all at the same time. Um, so um, thank you guys. And um, to all the listeners, you guys tune in. Uh, another edition of Your Voice, Your Power. Two episodes tomorrow, one on Friday. You guys have a powerful day.